How are you all? Thank you for staying. It's all very hot out there, isn't it? It would be lovely to be in the sun. Um, so, I'm Katanus Davis. I've been um, in this industry for 30 years, um, and I've been involved in budgeting for over 20 of those. Um, budgeting thing uh, involved with um, uh, drama, from drama series to shorts to features um, and and anything else really in between. Um, low budgets, no budgets, um, high-end budgets. So, yeah, I'm going to try and share some of my experiences of budgeting with you today. How Have any of you got any budgeting experience? Well... <laughs> the, I've on shorts on a very small budget. OK, well, that's very, very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> and shooting them is even more oh, difficult. Yeah. Uh, so along the way, if, you, if I use any terminology that you don't understand or if you want to ask any questions, please ask as we go along and then we'll all understand what we're talking about as we move on through the session. Hmm. Right, OK, excuse me while I, uh, I've written down my order of what I want to talk to you about. Um, budgeting is a very interesting concept in that it, it's a creative process it's not a number-crunching process, as you might think. It, you, have to be, um, you have to understand what you're wanting to achieve at the end. Things don't just cost money. They cost money because of what you are trying to achieve and the way you are trying to make something. Um, so you could have a script, um, and you could shoot it for £300,000, and you could shoot that same script for £3 million. It wouldn't be the same film, but you could shoot the script because you could have actors who are equity minimum or an actor who can choose his price. You could have a newly qualified DOP from film school or you could have a Hollywood cinematographer shooting the same material but for a different price. So I'm just trying to explain how the, the, great, the, the great aspect, whole aspect of, of budgeting. And there is no right or wrong answer um, there is no right or wrong budget. Um, it, you, by collecting all the information that you have, um, you will come up with the budget you are going to do for that project at that time with the scenarios that are, that are associated to that project. Um, we budget on industry software, which is called Movie Magic. Are you familiar with Movie Magic? Um, but... Equally, you could use an Excel spreadsheet on a low-budget short, and that would work absolutely equally well. Um, when, what you need Movie Magic for is when you're doing multiple um, currencies or you want to group things together or um, you want to um, add fringes or whatever, and, and at that point, you, you will need a better software. But initially... Um, uh, Excel spreadsheets work um, absolutely well. So, we've got our software. Now we need to decide what we're going to include in our budget. What do you think you need to include in your budget? Sorry? Everything. Everything. Yeah, just list what we think we need to cover. Can we break it down? Yeah, tell me what you think you need to cover in a budget. Within 
Advertising is an important, or publicity is an important one. And if you're doing a, a short um, that you then, you're not going to make any money from it, but that you then want to distribute around festivals, festival submission is also a very important thing to, to make sure that you have within your budget. So I've broken it down. So the things that, that I feel you would need to cover are the development, the script, the cast, the crew, production equipment... Location fees, art, costume and makeup budgets, um, visual effects or special effects, catering, travel and transport, accommodation, administration, music, post, um, post-production, which is the editing, and the deliverables, because you need to know what you're going to deliver your film on when you finish, but you need to know that before you start, because deliverables can be very expensive, so you need to make sure that you know what your financier wants you to deliver and what it's going to cost you. Um, publicity, and this could be anything from you personally just on social media, or it could be you employing a unit, um, a unit publicist and still photographer and, and the whole shebang. But you do need to know that you've got a budget for whatever scenario you want to, um, you want to do with your film. Festival submissions, as I said. Insurance. Insurance is one of the first costs that you'll have once you decide that you're going ahead. Um, and there are many insurance brokers. For shorts, there are special packages for a, a smaller budget, but they'll cover everything. But you should always go to a reputable insurance company, and it would be a percentage, generally, of your budget. Payroll costs. We'll talk about the different ways people are employed later, but um, you will have um, payroll costs as in national insurance and tax, and if you don't include them in your budget, that's going to push you over budget at the end. Finance costs, if you're paying for the money that you're using for making your film. Um, clearances, if you've got any um, um, uh, music or, or artwork or anything else that you uh, will need to buy licenses for, you need to make sure that you've got your money in the budget for clearances. And then depending on the level of, of whatever you're making, legal costs, which can be quite gastronomical. Um, contingency. Do we all know what a contingency is? So a contingency is your safety factor. It's a line that you put in the budget that isn't allocated to anything, but it's there for anything, if anything unforeseen happens. What could that be? Camera doesn't work. That's an insurance cost. Weather, definitely, because you don't get insured against weather, especially in Wales. Um, but, um, yeah, it, there, are, there are two levels. Were your camera not to work, um, that would be covered under your insurance cost, unless, of course, you've done something to the camera where the insurance then wouldn't cover you. You'd need a new camera SAP, wouldn't you? Yes, <laughs> you would. No, but you... Oh, so you, so you use it as a cash flow yeah. scenario. Okay, yes, you could use it, like, 
yes, you could use it like that. But so what the contingency the contingency would be between there's no no particular number, but between five and ten percent of the budget would be what put aside to as contingency. I have done budgets without, especially on shorts, because there's not enough money to put something aside. Um but it's always better to um to budget with a contingency. Um, um very often if you have if you've got a financier or a bond company who are giving you money to make your film, they will generally tell you what level of contingency they want in the budget. You will also have to go to them for permission to use that contingency. So um, it's, it's not money that you can just use until you get to a certain point through the whole proceedings and then you realise, well, we're obviously on budget and this is all fine, and then you can use the contingency at the end. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's money that you have to ring fence and leave to one side. Um, <clears throat> so, what does a budget look like? Can anybody explain? Have you all heard the terms above the line and below the line? Yeah? Can you explain to me what that means? Cast. What level of cast? Um, cast and director very often as well. It's very often, above the line, are people you need before you start planning for, for principal photography. So it's, um, yeah, the writer and director and producer who've brought the film together, who've gone out there, collected the money, etc. They will have attached cast to that idea, and so that cast would be above the line. And then everything else... Um, so that's um, your crew, your locations, your equipment, your post-production, uh, your music, um, publicity and legal costs are below the line costs. So your budget is split in above the line and then there's a figure and then your below the line costs. And then at the end there'll be contractual fees which are percentages of your budget and they will be um, insurance, your Bond finance, finance probably contingency, um, management fees if you've got if you're going to take money for your company from the production and um, any company administration costs. They tend to be um, percentages of what your um, budget is, and so they all come at the bottom. And in Movie Magic, they're calculated as your budget is inputted. Um, but with uh, if you were doing it on Excel, you probably wouldn't need a lot of those contractual. Um, piece anyway. So I then start by breaking down the script because everything comes from the script and um, so I do you know what I'd be looking for if I was breaking down the script from budgeting for budgeting purposes? Help locations, yeah. Travelling uh, as in, if the locations are distances are distances apart, as in you know you're going to be by the beach and you know you're going to be on the mountain. Yes, travelling as far as that's concerned. How far away is that from 
So what I've got here, cast numbers, um, locate, because we're on a sort, you obviously know how many casts you've got, but when you're you know, reading a feature, um, you, you need to be able to list them so that you can work out how, yeah, how many casts to begin with and who they are. Um, the locations, the number of locations, and, um, and as you break it down, you will work out the time spent in various locations. So you can see how much a location is going to cost you to an extent because, um, well, obviously there are all these scenes here, so I'm going to need to spend a lot of time in this location, so this is going to be more expensive. The ratio of day and night scenes, because exterior night scenes on a short can make it really difficult to schedule because between each each um, shift you have to have 11 hours an 11 hour break well if you're shooting a short in three days and you've got a lot of things happening during the day but then you've got three scenes at night within your three days it's almost impossible to schedule exterior night scenes because you're never going to be able to have your 11-hour break between days. So it's really important when you're breaking down your script to work out the, different, the, the ratio of day and night scenes because uh, it could mean that you have to stand everybody down for a day while you're bringing your hours back to daylight hours. So that's an extra day in your budget. So um, and day and night interior scenes and exterior scenes for a similar reason, because if you're shooting inside that's all fine you have control over it it might take you a bit longer to light but you have control over it if you're shooting outside you have less control over it and you might lose the light because you've got the length of day and when when is when sunset happens and so that would then mean that you'd need more days to shoot because you've got less daylight so all these things you work out while breaking down your script and you need to and you can't start to budget until you've done that because Although you would say, well, I've got, a, I've got a short, it's going to take me three days, it's this many pages, that's, I know. You really don't actually know. Very often what you might need to do is alter your script somewhat in order that you can manage to, to do it within, within the budget. So this is why I always start with breaking down the script. From the breakdown, I do a very rough schedule. It wouldn't be the shooting schedule. It would be a, a schedule of blocking locations and scenarios and actors together so that I can quickly work out how many days, whether there are additional travel days. Um, and, and from there, you tend to then be able to establish the size of your crew and um, what, what the commitment is going to be in order to achieve this film. <clears throat> so you decide how long it's going to be your shoot is going to be, and that's when you um, can start budgeting because you say that, all right, I'm going to book my cameraman um, for three days at this price, and this is what this is going to cost me. So you've now started creating your budget. But what you also need to know, which is why it's you, you need experience within the industry before you start budgeting, because you need to know how long that cameraman needs to prep before he starts shooting. He can't just turn up on day one and shoot. Um, and uh, then you can, it would be the same with um, a production designer or a costume designer. All these people need time beforehand and time afterwards because you've collected all your costumes, you've put them on your actors, you've finished shooting. 
and they're there. Somebody's got to do something with them to get them back to where they've come from. So you then have to budget an extra day to, or however long to clear up at the end of the shoot. So while budgeting, you have to take into consideration your prep time, your shoot time, and your wrap time. <coughs> um, all, when budgeting, always be realistic. It's very difficult because sometimes um, you really want to get the film made, but you've only got X amount of money, and so you will budget saying that you need X amount of money. That doesn't work because you get halfway through and you haven't got enough money and you, you're adding stress to your scenarios. Um, you be realistic. That way you can then be more... You can take more risks creatively because your budget is sorted and you know that you can make this film so so you can perhaps be a bit more creative in a, uh, and without being worried about the, about the budget you mustn't be over ex, um you must over budget because there's no point in having money left over um but but you have to be really should be realistic do your research when you're um budgeting um nobody knows Nobody knows everything, and each time I do a budget, everything has uh, rates have changed, kit costs have changed, post costs change. Every time, do your research. If you've if you've done your research, your budget would be more um, uh, more complete because and, and and it will be more like what you what you're going to be able to do your film for. Where do you think you find this information? information for, well, first of all, the information for quotes. Directly? Absolutely. Go go to them. What you'll need when you go to them, you'll need a post house, for example. You'll need a plan of, of how long you want to be with them, how much of, of the... Um, whether the post, the sound post is being done in one and the picture post in another, um, what what level of, of grading you need, so how many days you're going to do, you're going to spend. So you need to have worked out this information. But then when you go to them, you will have a robust quote, and kit hire in the same way. Kit hire um, is is a difficult one in that you can say, um, right, I want a camera um, and I want some lenses, but at this point you probably haven't got your DP, and you can't. You can't negotiate the kit. He'll tell you what he wants in his kit. So the kit sometimes is more is more variable at the budgeting <coughs> level, but yes, go to the go to the post house. Then crew uh, rates, fees, where would you find those? Crew and cast fees. Trying to get them on like that too. Beck two website is always up to date with, with um fees and so they, they'll tell you generally they'll tell you a minimum um, and on lower budgets, smaller budgets, that's generally what you would be paying um, but they would, they, they will also tell you then how, what you would pay on a £3 million feature or on a £10 million feature because the, the grade, pay grades are different so you, you pay a certain amount daily rate on um, low end then between Oh, I can't remember quite what they are, but it, it goes uh, 
under a million, a million to three million, three million to ten million, and then over ten million. And so different different jobs will have a different level of pay depending on what the budget for the, the film is. Um, when budgeting, there are things not to forget. That is one. Now, on a on anything other than a small budget, that's not a problem in that you'd be VAT registered. Um, people would invoice and include VAT on their invoice and you'd claim it back. But on small, short budgets, you need to be aware of anybody who you will be working with who is VAT registered because they are going to add 20% to the quote that they give you and you are liable to pay that at that VAT and you can't claim it back. So generally in budgets, the figures will be net. But if you're, if you're not VAT registered, you must include a line that covers VAT because it can, yeah, make or break you. Um, PAYE costs, which are payroll costs, um, uh, national insurance and um, employers' national insurance, um, are, need to be added to certain grades within the budget. Do you know about different grades within the budget and how they are employed? No. So, there's a, there, there is a modus operandi, which is a document where the government have said that certain grades within the film and television industry can be self-employed, which means you're responsible for your own tax and your own national insurance. Um, and they've decided who those grades are. Generally, they tend to be um, heads of department or people who are in charge of people and with people underneath them. If you're an assistant grade, you tend to have to be PAYE, which means that, that your tax and your national insurance is taken out of your pay at source. Um, there are ways around this. Various grades, various people, individuals, if, if say, um, somebody might be a costume designer today and tomorrow they may be a, an assistant costume designer, they may have made arrangements where they are able to be um, Schedule D, where they are, you don't need to, to take out their tax and national insurance. But you as an employer has to be sure that you know what, grade, what situation that individual is because it is your liability to pay their tax and national insurance, their national insurance if they are PAYE grades. So you must include that in the budget because um, at 13.8% because that's what it's going to cost you. Holiday pay is also um, um, a statutory right with not just the film industry but for everybody else. And so that is paid at 12.8%, I think, above 12.07% above the rate that you're paying people. So you need to also make sure that you've added that to your budget. <clears throat> if somebody has a loan-out company, which means they, they are a limited company themselves, you don't need to pay any of this. They just charge a rate and, and you pay it, but they tend to be on higher grades than uh, uh, anyway. But, and, and then you won't, need, you won't have any of these, um, any of these liabilities. So, actually, when budgeting, and I still do it now, budgeting, but a budget is made up of um, wild guesses, 
um, intelligent guesses, uh, authoritative guesses, reasonable predictions, and then agreed figures. And I mean, it, it is, it has to be, because, uh, because you can't tell anybody. And however much somebody says, oh, no, that's it, it's right. No, it isn't. You have to guess. But you would want to have more agreed figures or at least intelligent guesses in your budget than you would wild guesses. Um, and, and that sort of gets tailored down the further you go into the production process because, because you start talking to your cameraman and decide what kit he wants. You start talking to your production designer. You found your locations. So there are, there are figures that, that can be tied down as you move through the process. A budget is something that changes all the time and you need to update it all the time because that way you get the most, the better value for your money. Either you're going to go over budget because you haven't said that something is costing more or you're going to go under budget because you haven't said that something's going to cost less and that's irresponsible too, really. You want the money to be where you want it to be. Um, Or if you have any confirmed rates, as soon as you confirm rates, get this in writing, send people emails, and then, then it's all... You, you'll probably talk to them on the phone, discuss, discuss fees, discuss equipment, rates, whatever, and as soon as you've got that figure, send an email. That way you know that that figure is then blocked, it's all done, it's all sorted. And in that email, I tend to also um, make sure that I've reiterated the number of hours I'm expecting them to work during the day or the week, and... and Etc. Etc. Whether or not I'm paying for their van, whether we're paying petrol receipts, or whether we pay um, fuel by mileage, put all that in an email when you, where, as soon as you manage to agree a rate, and then and then it's all done, and everybody knows where they are. <coughs> yes, as I say <coughs> a budget is a fluid document, and it will constantly change, and you need to keep updating it. <coughs> I'm often asked. What's the right budget for a project? And there isn't a right budget because scenarios associated with that project very often are as um, are, have as much influence on a budget as a script does. So the scenarios being, um, I'll, I'll come to one in a minute, but yes, so. Um, uh, I'll tell you now, I, a couple of weeks ago, somebody came to me and said, I've got £50,000 to shoot a short. So I said, fine. Okay. He sent me the script, and uh, I said, yes, right, fine, £50,000 to shoot a short. I went in a meeting, and during this meeting, I was told, I want to use this cameraman, and he costs X. We want to film in this location, and... That's going to, it's got to be this location because it's somebody who knows somebody, but it's going to cost this much. Um, there's a scene in the pub. Um, is the pub very populated? Are there many extras in the pub? Um, oh, yes. Can we find those? Somebody who might like to come along for the day? Oh, no, no. We've got to pay those. So that's fine. Lovely. Great. So we have all these conversations, and I go off and I budget it, and I bring the budget back at 68000 Now, he told me... Um, yeah, but I've told you the budget is 50000 I said, no, you told me what you had available to make the film. You told me what you had available, and then you gave me all these scenarios that I had to include in my budget. 
which then means that the 50,000 we initially had isn't enough to make the film. Um, so he, we, left, we left the conversation with him saying, oh, no, no, by, by Tuesday you have to come back to me telling me that we can make this film for 50,000. At which point I sent him an email saying I wasn't the person for that job. Because, but, but this is what you come across when you're expected to make budgets, do budgets. And it's why you've got to be realistic with your budget, because otherwise you're going to be standing there saying, well, you said, and, well, yeah. But, but that film could have been done for £50,000 had I not had the constraints of a high-end cameraman who also wanted to bring his focus puller, who also wanted to bring his gaffer, who didn't live locally... <clears throat> wanted a particular level of kit. I could have had a newly qualified cameraman who equally was as talented and he could have been local and so I wasn't needing to pay for his hotel and I wasn't needing to pay for his everything else and we would have made the film for 50,000. Did you point this out to Yes. And was he willing to compromise? Um, no, I was told to. <laughs> no, he wanted me. Was his surname me? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's uh, but you don't realise that these scenarios happen until you find yourself in them. But they, uh, yeah. So so the scenario involved uh, attached to a project can have as much of an effect on the budget as the actual script. Um, shorts and probably most of you will be doing shorts. Um, and the money isn't, there isn't much money. And you're going to start wanting people to do things for you for nothing. I don't condone people working for nothing, but I do understand that people have to start somewhere in an industry. Um, and I have done things like pay structures where everybody's paid the same. And as long as everybody's happy on the day that they're all paid the same, and as long as you've been upfront with everybody and they know what the deal is, Everybody's really fine. The problem is, especially if you expect people to do something for nothing, they get offered a job by, from somebody and they're going to be paid, and they leave, or they don't even, they're not even with you at the beginning. And because you haven't budgeted anything for that person, because you weren't expecting them to do it for nothing, you've now either got to find somebody else to do it for nothing, or you've got to find somebody who is... Um, you, you'll find somebody who will want to be paid. So suddenly... It's not a good. It's really not a good idea to expect anybody to do it for nothing. It's my my feeling on the whole matter. Um, there are things like equipment. People offer equipment in kind or, or post facilities in kind, um, and and people do generally. People are really supportive because you know we've all started somewhere and we all need help. And so, um, and I find it, I find it far easier taking a piece of metal for nothing than I do a person. So I would advise you, if there is a scenario where your budget isn't going to cover your shoot, pay the people, and then at least they... Uh, but, but you also need to make sure that they're as invested in the project as you if the fees are, are less. And, and then they'll... Yeah, you're all... It'll, it'll work, and, and everybody will be enthusiastic. Uh, <clears throat> um, doing, a house, doing a budget is a bit like building a house. So from a, a, you, a builder will give you the price for the house. Then you choose your bathroom suite and you choose your flooring and you choose your tiles and you can spend as much or as little on those things as you want. You still have the house, but it'll either be 
palatial inside or it'll be basic. And you can do, a budget is like that. You have a structure, so you can make something for. But then, from there, you can build the blocks to, to spend more money or, or less money. Um, and you really, really do need to know the difference between um, uh, a budget being what something is going to cost and a budget being the money available to make it because they don't fit very often and if they don't fit something's got to change so that they do fit and you can do that you can do that by going back to the script or you can also do that by changing scenarios around the project that's involved can does anybody want to ask any questions now <laughs> you've been very quiet on that end no. Um, you talked about the relationship between the producer or the person doing the budget and the director in terms of the impact they have on the budget. Yes, and they have a huge impact on the budget. And so you, you st because um, a director will arrive and he wants he wants a crane and he wants fifty horses running over the hill at night, and that's great. But you can't do that within the budget. So that's it's a really important. Um, the relationships are really important, and 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 um, communication in that. The producer, before taking that director on board, should have been able to have conversations with them so everybody is aware of the, of the level of expectation within a project. That way, you, you will be fine. But if you have a Hollywood director on a short budget, that's not necessarily going to work. So, in terms of a timeline, got the idea of you're now drawing up the uh, production budget. Uh, the, well, you, so the budget changes a lot because yeah. you, uh, the, you've got the idea and you've got somebody interested in giving you development money. Yeah. And in order to do that, you need a budget. This could be years before you yeah. actually shoot it. Yeah. So this is why a budget will then need to be revisited. Yeah. Um, because your quotes are all going to be different next time you next time yeah. you get there. Um, uh, the, the logistic issue I'm wrestling with is at what stage do you as the budget creator bring your director in? To discuss the budget? Yeah. You don't. You don't. You create the budget. You create no well you discuss with the director. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't put a budget in front of a director and say... Because you want him to be as creative as he yeah. can be. You don't yeah. want him to have the, the constraints of a budget. That's for like you that to... Like that guy who's giving you. You have... You, you, he was... Yeah, he was a financier, yes. Uh, you, 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 want, um, you want the director to be creative. And so you want to be able to give him as much opportunity to be creative as possible. You don't want him to be tied down into how the budget is going right. to work. Okay. Sometimes directors are producers, and so then, of course, obviously they will they will know at that yeah, point. Yeah. But I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily feel that I needed to discuss the budget with the director, yeah. uh, except that to you achieve. do need to discuss the parameters of. Yes, yes. And you want that to be a, a and you want a that joint to be, initiative. absolutely and an ongoing conversation. And you need all the people, all those creative above the line people, yeah. to be um, in. Uh, joined with with that yes with with the final vision of what you want to achieve. Okay. Do, do you think as well that um, the ability for that above the line team to 
not only relate to each other, but to work with each other, is maybe more important than very, very talented individuals who just want to do their own thing. Oh, I think it's all a collaboration. And I believe that you, um, everybody has strengths that you yeah. pull off. And yeah, I do, nobody can do any so of it. collaboration is more important than really talented individuals. To me, yeah. yes. I mean, I, I've, been, I've been in the industry for quite a few years, but a lot of what you're talking about there is it's, you need to have a, such a strong understanding of every single part of the process. How do you get to the point where you are able to affect the budget? How, how do you get to where you, how do you get into it? How do you get to that point where you can budget and say it will cost around this amount? It's all those 50 horses, you know, randomness and lighting and materials and oh, God knows what. How do you get that? I, <laughs> I don't know. And I don't know if I am there. Um, it, yeah, you, you need to be, if that's where you want to be, you need to be aware of everything that's going on in, around you and, and just be open to learn. Learn a little bit about every department. As I said, you need to know how long it takes to, to an extent, how long it takes to prep for costume. How, how many weeks or days do they need? How long does it take to time a script? How much prep does a script supervisor need? Um, a, because you, you um, want to give them enough so that they're prepared, but equally, so you don't want them to come to you to say, well, I need three weeks, and you know damn well that, well, you can't afford it to begin with, and, and that they'll have, you know, they will be doing it in a week. So it, it's experience. Um, you sort of know what different size crews will cost per day, per week. So you can put a ballpark figure on something, but then you get a director who wants to do whatever that isn't actually in the script, and then that can be challenging. Um, Does it come down to, to budget then? Is that the arbitrator? Well, you... Uh, there, is, there could be a scenario where you have your contingency, and so you go to your financier and you say the director wants to do this, it's going to be wonderful, can we please yeah. use some money for it? Um, or... Well, that's budget then, isn't it? Budget is determined. Yeah. Um, you have that money in a contingency to spend. You do, you want to spend it, because otherwise, yeah. you know, you need to spend it, but it's deciding where to spend it and how the best way to spend it. Um, and by the... Sometimes... It should all be script-led because that's the story. That's what. That's where we want to come from. That's. Um, but sometimes small tweaks within yeah. the story can help hugely. Like yeah. we put this scene inside because I'm, the only scene in this location is at night outside. There's only one scene yeah. in this location yeah. at night outside. Well, that means keeping the crew and everybody else there until it gets dark. And so if we put that scene inside, our yeah. hours are all normal for the week, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. So. Small tweaks like that um, can hugely help a budget and, and, um, and also yeah, make, make schedules work. Um, but I'd want to think that you were you know, really being led by the script and not the right. budget. But what if the director had a Brahma of an idea and everybody thought, well, that will just transform this film? But what's in the contingency budget on covering it? 
You've got to go out and find more money. Okay. It still comes down to budget being the arbitrary. If you can't find the budget, you can't do it, can you? Well, you can't do anything for nothing, can you? No. How else? No, well, you can't, I suppose. I suppose. But, but you know, if there is no more money, or you discuss saving something out somewhere else. Yeah. Well, that's okay. And the director is aware that the budget is the, is the driver, really. Well, yeah, not always. <laughs> it can depend. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, again, it's communication. So if you've discussed, yeah. you know, it would be really good to know your director and, yeah. and had open conversations with them yeah. so that, um, you know, you weren't suddenly surprised about what you wanted. And these conversations did all happen before because... The, the expense of the film is being on set yes. and having all that crew. Well, if you haven't... Yeah. If suddenly he decides he wants whatever, you're having negotiations while, while that's in, during the most expensive part of the process. So really you need a, um, a very um, positive relationship with your financiers as well. Yes. Yes, and an open relationship with them too, um, you know, so that they know how the money is being spent and, then, and you know, they'll probably see rushes and stuff and they'll know that, yeah. that they're happy with what's going on and yeah. <coughs> and then they, of course, can add, add another spanner in the works. If they want something changed, well, then, you know, you variably have to find money to do that because that's coming from the people who are yeah. providing the money. I would, I would recommend it. I think do all, and, and that's the way you learn about what they need. Mm -hmm. If you don't, you, you can. There can be scenarios where you go to a head of department and you tell them, "Well, this is what you've got. There you are." That's not really, I don't think, useful in a creative <laughs> industry. Um, and and we might have a scenario where where um, costume have got. X and makeup have got Y, but actually everybody's in wigs and prosthetics and tattoos, and we need more money there. But we don't need to. Everybody's wearing sacks, so we don't need the money in the costume budget. So actually, when I put this budget together, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought everybody needed costumes or whatever, so I'd given them that. Well, I was wrong. So now you can then move that to where it is needed, but you only do that by being able to talk to your to to your heads of department and. Um, and yeah, and work out with them. And do your if it's your first budget, do your research. Phone people and say, how much is this going to cost me? How long do you need to do this? Everybody wants to help. You know, it, if people weren't starting in the industry, there would be no sustainability within the industry, would there? So, um, uh, and by talking to people is the way that you learn. Can I just add to that as well, like in my own experience, also get a couple of quotes from different suppliers because you'll find yes, absolutely. that there are people out there who will. No, absolutely, and, and especially as you're doing it first time, you know, you won't have had any relationships with anybody, so you don't know who you want to trust and who you don't. Um, so, um, and you can always negotiate. 
you know, um, you might get a quote from somebody and it's, it's higher, but they've got better equipment and, than this person, but this person has quoted X. Well, you go back to them and you say, well, can we come down, please? Because you actually want their equipment because it's better. And, you know, they do. That's, you know, keep negotiate all the time. Rates you shouldn't negotiate too much on, though. People, you know, we know what minimum rates <coughs> are. And, yeah. Well, I hope you've learned something about budgeting. Thank you, Catherine, because I thought there were some great points there. Just to say as well, that, um, we're going to be running a project management course um, producing with Cumbria in sort of November, this five-day course. But you can take it in sections, so there will be some on movie magic budgeting and movie magic scheduling. How many of you are sole traders, freelancers? So again, we run a freelancing for creatives, and it's about things that Catherine was talking about. So it's about holiday pay, which is around 12.1%. It's about how you negotiate your fees, and it's all the things that good practice mm. that Catherine was saying. Not all producers will send you a letter saying, these. this is what we've agreed, so that's fantastic. And I was thinking about your point. It's really good to sometimes start in entry-level jobs, so maybe <coughs> assistant production coordinator, because then you're working with a production manager and producer, so you know how to budget with experienced people like Catherine. So it's always good, if you can, to, to get in and, and do those. You know, if you want to be a producer, do those entry-level jobs wherever, wherever they are. Yeah, because are. by the time you're a producer, there's nobody to ask. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Something more kind of like... But with the shorts, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you started on an entry-level job, you will be collecting friends, colleagues. So, it, yes, go off and do your shorts and budget your short yourself. But you will have people that you've worked with who you can then call. So you're not actually doing a negotiation with the person you're going to negotiate with because you'll have been able to talk to people who you know because you've worked with them. Um, there was something you said then about... Um, yeah, the freelance day, it's, uh, uh, th those courses are invaluable because nobody ever tells you how to freelance. You're there on your own. And so to have courses that direct you to back to and that direct you to what, what, is, what, what your rights are within the industry are really, really important because, yeah, there will be people at the Silly things like public liability insurance, it always frightens me about people sort of, you know, making films and they haven't got any public liability insurance and it, it always frightens me. So again, you know... Well, that's yeah, completely irresponsible. Don't ever go out there without <laughs> insurance. And just finally, I'm, I'm not keeping... But the HMRC grades that um, Catherine was talking about, I can, if I've got your email address, I'll send you a list of those so that you can know what grades the Her Majesty's uh, Revenue and Customs will accept as sole trader. Because the, the term freelance doesn't exist in no, legality. It's, not. it's a sole trader. It used to be called Schedule D. We still use it in the industry, but it doesn't mean anything to the HMRC anymore. So, again, if I've got your email address, I'll send that to you. Okay? And just pop over if you want to say anything. Dear Catherine. Great. Thank you very much, Catherine. <laughs> now, just, just before you go, in addition to um, the, the uh, BECTU membership, uh, Emma from BAFTA Cymru is in the foyer. If you are interested in being a member, um, there's lots of different ways that you can be. Associate member, you can be a, uh, there's a student membership, there's a membership.